0: Are you a student in this class? Women, ain't they perfect? Not always. No, I'm a bummer. Yes, they are. They're perfect. don't matter if they're skinny, fat, blonde or blue.
1: There are no bums. There are only
0: the financially challenged. No, I'm a bum. <laughs> but bear in mind, I'm a Harvard. If a woman is willing to give you her love, Harvard, it's the greatest gift in the world for the garbage that's right colleges produce a lot of garbage and harvard produces more than most makes you taller makes you smarter makes your teeth shine boy oh boy women are perfect what do you see when you look at me what do you see a man no you see a piece of shit harvard yeah you were wrong i don't care about you being sorry I see a man who needs a home. I had a home. I had a warm place to sleep. 17 bathrooms and 8 miles of books. I had a goddamn palace. You shit! Huh? Ah, he's a human being! Don't give me that. You just want your thesis. What you care about him? Take him to a shelter. You know why I need a home? Because of you. Because when you looked at me, you didn't see a man
1: you have confidence in me
0: yes no criticism well maybe one you're perfect
1: Welcome. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Andrew. Today, we're going to be talking about With Honor, starring Joe Pesci. The influence of Walt Whitman on '90s movies, and what happens when the soundtrack hits slightly harder than the movie. So, grab your popcorn and Reese's pieces, and let's break it down on the Post-Credit Podcast.
0: The most people Same that live around
2: there, State, yeah. Columbus, all that, yeah. Well, Oh, no, I was just saying it it just kind of brought me back that weather, especially, you know, I mean, I know how cold it gets out there and that's bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, Well, just
1: some uh, quick scheduling stuff to get out of the way. Um, We are actually Drew and I are actually going to be guests on two different podcast shows coming up. Um, we have an appearance on uh, the Horror and Heels podcast with uh, Jen and Alicia. Uh, they were on our, uh, our Thirteen Ghost episode a couple episodes ago, um, and uh, next weekend uh, we'll be uh, recording an episode with them. We're going to be talking about the Black Christmas, uh, Black Christmas remakes, as well as the originals. You know, difference between those two. Um, so we're recording that next weekend so that'll probably be out next uh, next week sometimes the week of the, of the 29th um, on their show horror and heels and then <clears throat> we're also going to be on uh, a show called groundless uh, it's a justified podcast um, the the hosts of that Chris and Randy they were on our show last season uh, to uh, we did an entire season uh, or entire series review on the show of justified Um and um, it's such a good show. They, they do episode by episode analysis on that show. So uh, Drew and I are also going to be on that show in a few weeks from now um, when they do their season two, episode 12 show. So yeah. uh, look out for that. It's, I think it's going to be a good show. And, and, you know, even though we're not drinkers, maybe we'll make an exception and break out. Oh yeah, break something out for <laughs> you have to make <laughs> yeah exception. maybe i'll make the exception and break something because i know both those Well, uh, so the horn heels i know that you like to have a drink and uh, i think i think guys that overground this do every once in a while but stay tuned for those two shows um again that's uh horror and heels uh horror h-o-r-r-o-r space the letter n space heels h-e-e-l-s um, that's their show. You can find them anywhere you get podcasts, and uh, Groundless is the Justified podcast, and you can get those anywhere where you can get uh, podcasts as well. So, look out for those. We're pretty excited for them, and uh, again, we'll we'll plug them here again on this show, too. Um, but today, we're going to be talking about another movie called With Honors.
2: Um, when's the last time you saw this? Well, before, before, before we, the show. Before we prepped for the show. Man, I was in... Uh-huh. Uh, I was up in i want to say i was up in Boston when i went uh went and saw and that was in like two thousand five two thousand five to two thousand eight area wow. and uh i i that was the first that was the last time i remember watching it because i bought it you know i i bought the movie i mean it's a classic you know i had to rebuy a lot of these movies on d v d and stuff like that because i did watch v h s at a certain point in my life so <laughs> um <coughs> No, I mean I, I even worked at Blockbuster when they had VHSs. I idea. remember you working at Blockbusters, yeah. and and they would. throw- It wasn't DVDs. Well, there was. It was starting to get DVDs, they, right. but they
1: started throwing a bunch of VHSs away. And I remember one uh-huh. time you being like, "So I'm gonna be going to the dumpster," <laughs> nah. and uh, that was probably against the rules and everything. But <laughs> who cares about VHS nowadays? Yeah, right. I'm sure the. Uh, what do they call it? The uh, the time lapse. Between when you did something, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, what is it uh, called? When you can actually be prosecuted for stat, it. Uh, Statute of limitations, yeah, that's there it. Yeah, so I'm sure that's passed. Don't worry about it. I'll well, look it up, I, and, and if it not, it never we'll cut happened this anyway. So
2: you know. <laughs> oh yeah, well you just talked about doing yeah. it, but. Uh, well, no, it was just like so many movies were going getting thrown away. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you want to buy this? Oh, okay, you want to watch this? You know, handing them out. I mean, and you know, you can't do that anyways. But like literally, it was just they were just thrown away thousands and thousands of VHSs when they started going to DVDs. You know, pretty yeah. really crazy. But, uh, yeah, that was probably the last time I watched it. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, within, like, maybe 10 to 12 years of it actually coming out, you know? I've not seen this movie since I was a child.
1: Really? And and by that I mean since I was at least mm-hmm. under 18. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw it, I was, uh, when I was younger, I really liked this movie, which is weird uh, when I started thinking about it. Because, you know... <sighs> we couldn't have been that old. I don't want to say how old I was when it came out, but you know, we couldn't have been that old. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not something that, that people are kids our age when we we're that age, uh, it's not really something you watch, you know. You're watching Goonies or or Ninja Turtles or whatever, but for some reason, I liked movies like this. No, you know, me too. And dramatic movies, and 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 the funny thing about those is when I was younger, I didn't pay attention to a lot of it, or it was just like a fun yeah. movie or whatever. And then you get older, and you actually like pay attention to more things. <laughs> well,
2: that's and you start just start like picking like, up on more things. And and what's funny about that too is that when you know when this movie came out, it was like before. It was before, like, uh, Goodfellas and stuff like that, right, where, where Jesse, Joe Pesci, it was around the time that he did, you know, My, my Cousin Vinny, you know what I mean? Joe Pesci. Yeah, 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 when he did that movie, it was around that time period, and so he was doing that, and then, like, you know, Home Alone, things like that, That's those are things that I saw him in, you know what I mean? So, then, then, then I think he goes to doing, like, Goodfellas and, and some of these uh, gangster flicks, and, and you're just like, wow. Wow. You know what I mean? You're like this is a total like, you know, 180 from the type of character you expect him to be in.
1: Well, and and you know, we <clears throat> we we look at those, but this is kind of like he only had one huge role that I think he was proud of after this movie. Um and that was Casino cuz that yeah. Casino came out a year after this.
2: He was the, like the big bad in that
1: one. Yeah, and uh and I think he was up for I think he was up for an award for that one. But I mean
2: he should have won in my opinion, but yeah.
1: yeah. I mean after that though, after Casino, it was Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, Gone and you know, some of these, yeah. these movies that just didn't do too well. So, you know, you you don't So blame he started him. out
2: with comedy, then then got to the serious flicks, and then it almost seems like he didn't get as much praise for like the serious roles that he should have won Oscars for. Well, I mean you and, know?
1: yeah, and you say you start out with a comedy, but you know, one of his first roles was in Raging Bull. Well, okay. You know, well, and he was nominated for a supporting actor. Yeah. Actor for well this. then, and
2: remember he was also in Batman Two. You know what I mean, as the Penguin. No, he I even, mean that was no, Danny DeVito. You know. That's right. yeah. They're, no. they're both really small man. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but uh, uh, what was I thinking? What was he you're, in? You were t- probably
1: thinking of Moonwalker. That's right. Yeah, because there's that Michael Jackson Moonwalker movie where he that's was the bad right. guy in that. That's
2: right, but it, it was and lethal uh,
1: weapon too. He played yeah. Leo
2: Gets whatever you want. Leo Gets, yeah. get it, get it, get it. Okay, 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 exactly. Okay, okay, very, very frustrating. <laughs> um, but no, you see what I'm saying? Like these type of roles, it's like he goes from okay, count out Raging Bull. But I'm saying you know, other than that, you know, like Home Alone, and then you know a lot of lethal weapon, and you know Funny Men. You know what I mean? And then he goes into these gangster uh, <laughs> pieces. And then, you know, where he should have won Oscars for this stuff. You know, where the other stuff that he did, eh, okay. You know, but, I mean, he should have won Oscars so for these kind of You're things.
1: talking about stuff like, uh, uh, like you said, Raging Bull... Uh, and then another Scorsese movie, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Man on Fire. You know, obviously you have the Lethal Weapon, but I mean you, the ones that you're talking about, like the Goodfellas, JF, yeah. JFK, even my cousin Vinny. Um, yeah. You know, Casino, uh, Bronx Tale, different things yeah. like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, after he did with Honors, um, he did Casino uh-huh. in '95, Eight Heads and Duffelbad, Gone Fishing, and Lethal Weapon Four, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, and then he was done until 2006, and yeah. you know, and and then after that, he only
2: had about five movies in 20 years. Like, like I watched The Irishman, and he was great in that movie. But I have to where confess, Niro, I still have not really, seen The Irishman. I know I've been wanting it's a good to see it really movie. bad. It's a good movie, but you know, you're finding out from actual gangsters around that time period that are saying basically what this guy had said. About uh, Jimmy Hoffa uh-huh. was not true. None of none of he wasn't there when he was killed. He was nowhere near there. I mean, they basically took that story and said, "No, this is false." Was it Pacino that played played Hoffa in that, or uh, or was um, it De Niro? No, it was uh, Al Pacino. Either it was Al Pacino. Yeah, because I remember he, him he saying Hoffa. something
1: like, "You know, uh, if you, uh, what is it? A knife versus a gun." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. You know, you
2: know, being bring a knife to a gunfight. Well, know, there like was that,
1: of, but it was something yeah. like you know, anybody can shoot a gun or something like that. I can't remember what yeah. it
2: was. No, no, and and you know, just a little side note on that. But Pacino's such a like, he's a great actor. The only problem is that he almost play. He's one of those actors that do it really well, but they play the same character in every single movie they act. It's just one degree from another. You know, I mean, like he might be a lot more angrier and a lot more violent but it's still kind of the same character, you know? Like, when you see him in... in. Uh, do you remember uh, uh, Howard from Big Bang Theory, his Pacino? Yeah, yeah. Was it, it him it, or
1: somebody off the community? I think it was Howard, but, yeah, you know, he does it really good. He's like, yeah.
2: whoa, come on! <laughs> it's but, just the but, way he stretches his voice Yeah, I mean, like and I know that's a... a side note and everything else like that. But, you know, coming back to that, Joe Pesci tends to do the same thing, I think. I
1: didn't know Anna Paquin was in that movie.
2: Uh, in... Uh, Uh, The Irishman. uh, Yes, yes. That was a great film, though. It it was great, but it wasn't... Again, you know, it was just De Niro... it It just seemed like he's done for, you know? Like, as far as... I mean... I just wasn't impressed with his performance. You know what I mean? Like, as far as his he's acting, done for. he's... Well, I'm just saying, like, like you know, now he's doing a bunch of comedies, and he's been doing a lot, a lot of comedies for the last, like, like 10, Stardust. 15 years. Yeah. I remember his role in Stardust. Yeah. That was, like, the most... Analyze This, or something like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he does one oh, of those comedies, yeah. too, but...
1: <clears throat> well, this this movie with honors came out in 1994, and it was pretty much right towards the end of, of Joe Pesci's uh, mainstream career. Yeah. Um uh, you also had uh, uh, it came out in 1994, uh, and uh, it was um, it was directed by uh, Alec uh, Keshishian.
2: <laughs> Say that three times fast. Keshishian,
1: Keshishian, Keshishian. Yeah. Um, uh, the writer was uh, William um, Mastromoni. Uh, that's that's my best pronunciation. I'm sure I'm butchering it, um, but oh, I know you are. <laughs> but he was actually a playwright before he did this. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, especially with how kind of, um, disjointed the movie seems, you know what I mean?
2: Uh, like, like what do you mean? Disjointed in in what way?
1: Uh, just like the plot points and the character points. So this movie, it, it, it wasn't as good. When I watched it again, it wasn't as good as I remembered it being. I still love it. It was still Mm -hmm. a great movie. Um, But, uh, you know, as we say, as you get older, you you recognize more and more things. And I don't think people watched this movie or gotten any enjoyment out of this movie because of the characters or uh, the overall plot together. Um, I think people enjoyed it because of the actors that played the characters Mm -hmm. um, and um, and different parts in the movie so you have you know your different funny parts but then yeah. you got a bunch of stuff that doesn't land you got mm. some good dramatic stuff from Joe Pesci but you got some stuff that doesn't land and stuff that kind of goes back and forth because you know he's like this weird kind of you know eccentric eccentric character yeah. but then he breaks it down and he goes toe to toe with a Harvard professor mm. and kind of like out and all he lectures did lectures him
2: yeah all he does is, does is work you know worked in a, in a boatyard. Mm. Uh, for the merchant marines you know well, got uh, uh, fixing boats or yeah what was right? it called asbestosis or something yeah. oh asbestos
1: um, well asbestos is the material but whatever yeah, it disease. causes that yeah. that that uh, deterioration of the lungs or whatever it's called asbestosis I believe yeah something like that but um, it's basically when the individual fibers of the uh, asbestos uh, get into the you know the different yeah. Sacks and stuff in your lung, making it to where you can't take full breaths or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, anyways, uh, this 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 movie came out and, like I said, nineteen ninety four. As Joe Pesci, um, he's basically the lead of the movie. Um, he's the top build, even though I would say that Monty is more of Brendan Fraser character, character lead. Yeah. 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 So you have Brendan Brendan Fraser that plays Monty, Moira Kelly, Kelly that uh, me and Drew um, call uh, 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 we like to call toe pick. Uh, which we'll yes. explain uh, but she movie. plays Courtney uh, Patrick Dempsey uh, also known as McDreamy pa- plays Everett Josh Hamilton plays Jeff and of course you have Gore Vidal as uh, as the uh, the professor uh, Pit Cannon mm-hmm. um, do you know this Josh Hamilton guy that played Jeff from anything because he was the only one where I was like I just want to be like shut up get out of this movie yeah, but he they had, they had to have there.
2: somebody that was, like, anti-Joe yeah, Pesci's character. I, mean, I know, you know and I mean? that was everybody to begin with, but he was the only <laughs> In one. In a way, but but if you notice, like, even when he brought him home for the first time into the van, Patrick Dempsey's character went out to the van, tried to give him, um, what was it? a uh, uh, What was it? Just he giving him a drink,
1: I think. Yeah. Because he had his wine and everything. So they were drinking and everything, but they kind of hit it off right away because yeah. he's like... Uh, Joe Pesci's character was talking to him about the van, which Patrick Dempsey's character ever owned, and uh, it was either him or the roommate that was gone that owned it. But either way, uh, he's like, you know, uh, how much, how much, how many bottles of these wine, uh, uh, how many bottles of those wine would you give me if I fixed this van for you? And the uh, Everett guy goes, you know, I'll give you six. And they went back and forth, and he's like, nine.
2: no nine, And yeah. he
1: goes, no seven. Or, no, he goes eight or something. He goes seven, he goes eight. And then uh, Patrick Dempsey goes nine. You, you drive a hard bargain. So, you know, he, he went up when he didn't have yeah. to. And uh, then, of course, Joe Pesci's uh, little line was, you know, didn't you used to work at a savings and loan? You know, talking about how badly he is with money and everything. But, yeah, as far as the Josh Hamilton guy, I I guess there's a need for him, but I could have done without Did you it. look him up just to
2: see? I mean, I mean yeah, I've looked
1: at it. Uh, it's just not a lot of things that pop out, you know, that – that are worth talking about, yeah. I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, cause some of these movies are kind of, I mean, he was on bowl, uh, miss America. <laughs> like, I'm sure he's done a lot. It's just, this, uh, this is one
1: of these people. And it looks, it looks like there's a lot of TV, but this is just one of these people that I'm just, I haven't followed as an actor and I don't recognize it as an actor. Like he's got plenty of credits and everything, but, um, I just never f- followed him as an actor. And, and in this movie, um, he takes a lot longer for, you know, his opinion on the homeless guy to turn than everybody else.
2: Well, our, our four main characters here, you know, I kind of feel like... Four, wait, the four main characters, you're discounting Joe Pesci? No, no, I'm counting in Joe Pesci. So, I'm not,
1: Joe Pesci,
2: Moira Kelly, and yeah, Fraser... I'm Brennan not about Jeff. Josh Hamilton's Okay, so we count... Okay. But these four main characters, like, I feel like... I can't really think of a time that they had a better role, like a better job at acting. You know, like I, I'm oh, trying to think. Mike like Dreamy obviously blew up. Are you talking about <laughs> no, they no, did my, a better job or or that they were famous for? No, my own personal opinion. Meaning, meaning but, that like I, I feel like they did a better job in acting in this movie than they have separately in other things okay, that so, they've done. So
1: not necessarily what they were more famous for, but just what right. you think they did a better job at the craft of acting.
2: Right now, now I would give maybe Brandon Frazier, maybe The Mummy. You know that in my again, this is all in my opinion, mind you. And then Joe Pesci definitely in like Casino, Casino, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, and then. You know, more Kelly, maybe in the cutting edge, and maybe like on One Tree Hill, one tree she was pretty Hill. good. And then Patrick Dempsey, like I never got into what is it, Grey's Anatomy? I think uh-huh. it is. Yeah, I, we, I never got into that show. I just, it's not that I don't, I hate on it and stuff like that. I just think that it just came out well, like on the trails of of ER and, and yeah. tried to do as well as ER. I mean, granted, it's one of the longest running TV shows on the on the on the planet, but it's it's. Also, I just never really got into it, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, I want to start out by saying this is not a
1: great movie. Uh, it's uh, it's a very good movie in my opinion, but objectively, I don't think it's a great movie. It has some things that stand out. It's more about the collection of, of actors and their performances than the characters themselves having any kind of depth to them. Or the I'll situations having any kind of depth. For him. Because, I mean, you, you start to build up with, oh, this guy is obviously going to die because he's sick. Um, you know, he then they start talking about his family. It's like, OK, well, we're going to have to have a connection with his family. But that went by real quick so you know there wasn't a lot of deep digging explorations of what's going on in each of these characters lives obviously there's more with joe pesci and brenda Fraser's characters than any of the others yeah but i just feel like a lot of the jeff stuff could be swapped out for digging more into the deeper you know themes of the characters or whatever
2: yeah. well like i don't know i mean I love this movie. I mean, again, it is, its it's got to be on my top list, but it, it's just, uh, I, I, see, I see where you're going with that. It's just, there wasn't a lot of character development. It's almost seemed like you could tell that this was a new director and, you know, this was like one of his first pictures, if not his first picture that he directed, kind of the way, the way that it was set up because it was like, you know, like if you notice like during the Christmas time where... Where he called his mom and, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it home, mom. And, you know, it kind of hinted at the fact that he had, it was just him and his mom for so many years and, you know, she did the best she could and the dad walked out and, you know. It's a little overboard on the melodrama, Yeah, right? yeah. And, and then when she call he calls, oh, yeah, I'm just too busy. I'm not going to be able to come home. And. And it's kind of like, okay, so we're not really – we're dipping our toes in, but we're not really going there. But we're going to keep dipping our toes in until we get to the end of the film. Right. And then really have no kind of background to it, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, So what I was going to say, and and one of the things I wrote down and what I was trying to explain, it's more about the collection of actors – uh, than the characters, It's about the situations and some good lines and speeches. It's, it's like a collection of things, but that haven't been fused together as one movie. You know, usually you have a whole collection of things in a movie or in a story or whatever, but you have to f- find a way to fuse it all together to be one big story with, with background information and everything. But this feels like a bunch of different moments. Some of them hit, some of them don't, you know. Um, and, 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 and some of the speeches are good, but it doesn't match up with some of the characters th- uh, attributes later or whatever, so it's a bunch, of, like, a bunch of different scenes and things, but that they haven't been fused together. And I thought that maybe that's because that uh, the writer was a playwright, because that's what that's what you know plays are, right? You have a bunch of different situations and everything, but you know. It's not like a, a movie that you get entrenched to. You're watching performances on a stage, but they're cut up by by breaks when they have to reset. Yeah, uh, when they have to reset scenes and different things like that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why the scenes are written like that. It's kind of like a Hallmark movie where you would only watch it for the actors and the situation, right? You watch it because you know it's like some old actor that hasn't been in anything in a while, and yeah. it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, that well, doesn't like, say anything about the actual
2: story well, like, and the yeah, character they're playing. Exactly. And the character, like like with Courtney and Everett, you know, it's just like, if they were going to be, like, side characters, let them be side characters. Don't try to, you know, slowly, you know, pull in, you know, more Kelly to to start being the love interest, you know, even though it you, they try to hint at it at the beginning, and then it's just like, eh, this person doesn't show up for this. And, you know, it's just kind of really, really like a, there's no... Uh, meat meat to their acting. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There was no meat to More Kelly's acting or, or 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 Patrick Dempsey. I mean they, they have the chops to do it. You know, both right. those both those actors can act. It's just it just didn't seem like the development was there. It was just you kind of left hanging to a point of yeah, maybe it would have been interesting to learn a bit more of that or just have them be serious background characters and just put, you know, Brandon Frazier and Joe Pesci in the, in 99.9% of the movie right. and just let go with it. You know what I mean? Stop well, we'll trying to probably, bring in eh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We probably know. needed a little bit
1: more also between uh, Monty and Courtney, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I the, mean,
1: the, Because, I mean, well, and we can we can kind of get into no that like later. There's yeah. no character
2: development there at all.
1: So... You know, obviously, Walt Whitman is a big part of this book. Yeah. You know, they quote him a lot and everything. And and you know, the the character of Simon that that Josh Pesci plays, it's um, it's kind of Walt Whitman esque as, as far as him being like a you know a rebel and outsider type person. Um, but we got that, and we got the Walt Whitman retread in a in a um, academic setting uh, four years previous to this in 1990 or it was either 89 or 1990 with dead poet society yep. with Robin Williams you know we got the you know the captain my captain you know and after that you know we had like scent of a woman school ties and this movie uh, probably a couple others where it's all about you know uh, you know that that Walt women um, uh, exploration of uh, education versus uh, free thinking and society and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought that was kind of interesting because you know you you have those movies, but then like you had like Scent of Woman, School Ties, this movie that tried to kind of copy that same thing. That that um,
2: well, Brandon Frazier was in School Ties, right?
1: Right, yeah. right. He was in there with uh what was it Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, I and remember. The guy he, that always Chris plays O'Donnell plays played a as. big role in that one, didn't he? Yeah, I think Chris O'Donnell. Uh, so I think that one was you know he was uh Jewish and he went to this prestigious school, but had, you know, pretty much everybody who was there was anti-Semitic and especially yeah. the, the, the friends that he befriended, uh, Matt Damon, Chris O'Donnell, they were, all, so when they find out that he is Jewish, yeah, they, they turn against him. And so yeah. it's kind of a, it deals with stuff like that. Um, which, you know, I wouldn't mind getting into yeah. talking about sometime, yeah. but, um, anyways, this came out in, um, in, uh, 1994, as I said, uh, uh, it was written by William uh, Mastermoney. Uh, you know that's that's as close as that. But like I said, he's a he's a playwright, um, and uh, you know we, we went over all the, the the people that were in it. Um, what would you say is the best part about this movie, or maybe even you know the best? What, what's the best? What's your favorite part about the movie?
2: My favorite part. I, I like the scenery. I like the snow. I I think it just kind of made it um, the story. Have some sort of focus in a way. I mean, I, 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 it's weird to say that, but you just know, if, because if of it's, the season
1: it was filmed the season, in. Or?
2: Yeah, the 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 season, and you know, it's it's just the the crunch of of going to school, and you know, being you know, taking it so seriously that basically saying that you know whether they fail or succeed, you know, succeed in school is going to turn determine their whole entire lives. Right. You know what I mean. And so it just shows the importance. Of If you decide to go to college, you know, to take it seriously, because that's how it really is, you know, especially in these higher uh, academies and things like that and higher higher institutes like Harvard and Yale and things like that. You know, I mean, it's it's got to be it's got to be a crunch like that constantly. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's like a job, you know what I mean? But but worse because you don't know nothing yet. You know, this, this literally what you're trying to do is learn everything there. And it just kind of like, I, I liked the fact that it was surrounded around school and that, and that time of year. And, and, you know, just kind of, you know, felt the importance of, of what they were trying to do and, and how, it was, you know, he was trying to be successful no matter what it took. In yeah. a way too. I thought that was important. That That's another favorite part besides the, you know, the whole weather and the ambiance and everything else like that was just how, how he, you know, took it so seriously that he had to succeed in life that, you know, I mean, he would just give up everything else and nothing else mattered besides doing extremely well in school.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, to go off of that, uh, the, the, <clears throat> the premise of this movie is basically um, you have Monty played by Brandon Fraser. And uh, he's he's getting towards uh, graduation, uh, getting close to graduation. He's just got to write his final thesis for uh, for his uh, uh, one of his classes. He's a political science major um and uh to to graduate with honors um he has to uh do very well on this thesis that he's writing he's almost done with it he's got like 88 pages and uh he goes to work on it and his computer breaks down one night and uh he only has one hard copy so with his computer broken down he takes his one copy hard copy and he goes to make uh copies of it in the library But he falls on the way, uh, hurts his leg, and drops his thesis down this, this
2: grate that somehow feeds into a basement. Um, and somehow it comes out with a cast that that literally, I mean, he's able to still kind of somewhat walk on it when he goes down. Oh, you're end.
1: talking about his leg. Yeah, and they, they didn't have a
2: cast on his leg, did he? Oh, yeah. There oh, was a the point. but, that no, he but they, have I a think cast. they wrapped afterwards. it up.
1: Might maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, afterwards. Yeah. yeah once I mean, fix. You know, after
2: that that night or whatever. But yeah, I was just, uh, I just kind of was like, there's no way you're going <laughs> So his thesis
1: went down there and he goes down to retrieve it and he finds a uh, a homeless guy um, who who you know. Uh, refers to himself as a bum. So that's what I'll refer to him as uh, in, in this. But uh, he, he's a bum who, uh, li- you know, lives in the Harvard uh, library basement. Uh, you know, it's real nice and warm there. He lives by the boiler room. He's got like his own stuff all over the boiler room and just kind of, you know, got a bed set up and, you know, real nice and everything. Um, but he finds these pay. He starts in and by the time Brenda Fraser's character catches up to him, he's burning some of these pages for heat and everything. Um, which I don't understand why he's burning them because those, so furnaces, those furnaces would would run overnight, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, yeah. the, 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 like Harvard would pay you, for you those for the, to, to, to
2: keep that fire lit. Why yes. the, <laughs> <there, are> you <laughs> boilers are 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 you know? You're pumping gas through there, okay? So gas is used to light it. You're not even using even or, even or, or, as far or, or, back
1: then. I mean, it could I'm have sure. been back then. Maybe it was, it was cold. Do you, know, or do you or realize that. how much
2: money those schools get <laughs> that they can afford to buy probably a new boiler every single year? But that, uh, yeah, to.
1: that's something that I just thought about. I was like, well, you know, why why is he throwing? Why is he trying to keep that fire going? But that being said, maybe the boiler turns on and off to regulate temperature, and he yeah. wants to keep it going full time because he's actually in the boiler room, or it's a plot hole and you know plot so yeah. he goes in there and he he begs the guy to stop burning his papers tells him how important yeah. it is he needs that to graduate um with honors and so the bum basically says you know look i'll keep i'm gonna keep it but i'll give you one page for every favor you do for me because you know he, he could care less about it and he's read some of some of it and he thinks it's all sell out garbage material mm-hmm. but um he sees a, an opportunity to get through the winter because, you know, when you're in that type of situation, all you really care about is making it through the winter, trying to stay warm and all the, especially if you live in a place like that. So that's that's the premise of the movie. And it's it's dropped about halfway to three quarters of the way through the movie. And so then we just focus on on these two or whatever, but yeah, um, you know, not much is not much goes with that plot. That's 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 the the plot that brings them two together, forces well, them what it to is, have to be together.
2: Yeah, and what it is is Brandon Fraser's character ends up calling the cops because he's ticked off that he has to do good things to, because uh, um, he's a pompous to, to guy. Get, yeah, because he's a pompous character. I mean, he's not pompous in the way that like he grew up like rich or yeah, with money. Because you know, I
1: think he was there based on grades, whereas yeah, people like yeah. Courtney and Everett, the kind of the DJ dude, and stuff, got cut off. They were right? all there because they had rich yeah. families.
2: So, so he he ends up calling the cops, you know, uh, getting getting the security uh, involved, uh, him them actually removing him, and then him going in front of court with a bunch of other homeless people. You know, and then if they were going to plead guilty to just sit down and then uh, not guilty to step step forward and Joe Pesci obviously steps forward and and is the only one that does that. And then, you know, he gets he smarts off to the judge like he's kind of one of these anti-government type characters or anti um, the man characters, you know, that kind of thing. And and so. You know, he goes up in front of the judge and she starts, you know, being sarcastic and insulting the judge, you know, basically acting like he knew everything, uh, you know, about law and he knows where his rights are, which, you know, it seems like he does have a pretty good understanding of it. But then, you know, he gets a fine on him, you know, for contempt in court. And, you know, Brendan Fraser's character steps up and, and asks to pay for it. Now, you know, Joe Pesci doesn't want, you know, to have to owe brandon fraser's character anything because he wants to be able to stay he, he even says that he wants to stay warm for, you know he basically wants to be comfortable for the rest of the winter
1: well afterwards he's trying to you know get a stack of newspapers to make some money here and there and everything and you know he you know brandon fraser's just like come on you know i'll give you this i'll give you that you know i'll give you a place to stay because he felt bad for getting it you know and and you know for where he had to sleep and you know joe pesci says you know uh simon i guess says you know i had a place to stay and i you know i had a warm place to sleep you know i had uh i had a warm place and and eight miles of books you know i had a you know a freaking palace yeah, they
2: thought he was walt whitman's ghost because yeah. he was he was you know staying in the basement there and so that you know literally people i mean how heavy-handed can you be
1: i know to say this you know have some some homeless guy and he's being confused with walt whitman it's like that's really (laughs) trying to lay on the walt whitman influence you know i
2: I was thinking about this you know when he took those new newspapers out I, i gotta think That, you know, newspapers, that whole system, the way they set them up, right? You put it in a quarter and you can literally take all of them if you want Uh, to. I
1: did the same thing in the Venom movie. Remember the homeless chick that would sit and sell the paper? But,
2: I mean, it's got to be the most stolen thing ever in history, if you think about it. I mean, because people could do that. And I guarantee you, you know, you get somebody that's homeless and they end up going and doing what Joe Pesci did and walking around downtown New York or something like that back in the day, you know, when nothing was online or anything else like that, you know, but... They would, they would get these newspapers and steal the stack and then sell them, yeah. you know, for a quarter a pop, you know, because they were probably like 35 cents. And so they were saving, you know, a dime, yeah. you know, for these newspapers. But, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, man, that's got to be the stupidest thing to ever invent. You know, like, you know, no insult to the family of the person that showed, did invent it, shows but, you, you know, come on now.
1: It shows you how good the human race does on, that the, tr- invention on the trust system. failed
2: horribly. <laughs>
1: Well, well it's, it's a horrible invention. Well, it starts out with with a voiceover by McDreamy himself. Yes, um, and he plays uh, he plays Everett in this movie. Um, uh, he's kind of like the uh, the, the rebellious hippie, yes. jock, DJ. whatever. Yeah, so he's played we're, by uh, Patrick Dempsey, uh, who's going to be a surgeon um, a few years from now, but. Um, so it starts off with a voiceover and, you know, I think it would have worked really well if that voiceover would have stayed throughout the movie. You know, you have like a third party person who's not really part of the main three cast with, you know, Moira Kelly, Brendan Fraser, and Joe yeah. Pesci or whatever. But, so uh, you know, a tertiary character that, that, that can talk about it and, you know, can give little... Uh, exposition, I guess, every once in, in a if while. If you notice, or, they do this a lot in a lot
2: of movies. They'll do that. They'll, they'll. Usually, but I they like it if that, it's done right. Yeah, and and they'll they'll have you know characters that are DJs or something like that. If if there's radio DJs in in the movie, like a lot of the horror movies, like an eight legged freaks. Yeah, you yeah, had the one dude that. Was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm thinking of uh, what is that scary movie? Eight legged freaks no, with the dude up there. No, that's not it. But anyways, uh, what was it was it eight legged freaks? <sighs> no okay anyways they—they uh, they, it's just kind of one of those things where you know I've seen a lot of movies do that you know they'll have a DJ or a character that's a DJ in because in, uh, they do it on, I think they do it on Jessica Jones and uh, but anyways like his character I did not know he was going to be a surgeon for some reason I thought he was going to be still like a DJ or something you know
1: um, no, he, he wasn't the... going to be a surgeon. It was. Gonna I knew be, the other guy was. It a was Jeff that was going to be a doctor. That's right. I don't know what. Uh, I can't remember what Everett was doing, but you know, he didn't seem like he was real uh, motivated <laughs> to to be doing anything serious. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, which I got more to say about him and 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 his. Situation there in the house and everything but um, I thought it was funny how he was running past everybody like he was badass at the opening whenever you know you had Moira Kelly's Courtney who was leading her track team or whatever and he's like passing everybody like he's awesome but he like literally just started running two minutes ago and these guys have probably been running for like an hour or two already And, uh, you know, how she's like, don't pay attention to him. And he takes (laughs) off like he's funny and everything. And if I was one of those runners, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you just started running. (laughs) But anyways, um, what did you think about whenever he brought up his computer to work on his thesis? That MS-DOS programming that came up. No Microsoft
2: Word. And, 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 you know, and and the fact that he didn't back up anything, which just kind of, it didn't seem right. I think it was a plot hole in, in, in the story, but... You know, why wouldn't you back up something like that? You know what I mean? I mean, I know he printed out a bunch of copies, but... <laughs> no, I think he didn't. I think he only had the one hard copy and the... the no, he had already the, printed out like 88 pages. That's what Right, right, right. It.
1: 88 pages of the one, but that's still one copy of 88 pages. And that's, yeah. that's all he had. And then, yeah, he, his computer went down. It's like... Well, maybe right now is when I should make copies. That's yeah. pretty, pretty – I mean, anybody who's – if the thesis is that important, yeah, you should probably have a lot. Well, of
2: it. And, and you're introduced to – you know, like you, you at first, when, when you're introduced to Brandon Fraser's character at the beginning you, – you, you kind of think, okay, maybe he's kind of a little bit of a joker, you know, he's kind of messing around and stuff like that. And then you really get and to know. he's a sourpuss.
1: The yes, then the you movie. get to know
2: his character is just all business. Which is so I mean?
1: anti-Brendan Fraser really too. Is. Because, you know, you know in, in all like, of on. his other movies, well, I mean, I say all of them, yeah like Crash and School Ties and stuff where he's, um, you know, a sourpuss again or whatever. The but mummy, most of it, you know, yeah, he, like he's that. got this kind of eclectic, um, crazy, um personality about him but also like the leading man looks and charm and yeah. everything so
2: um man he missed the he missed the mark i hate to say it. I, I like a lot of his movies and i like him as an actor i just i just think from what i hear he just had like the worst luck when it came to hollywood yeah you
1: know? well i mean i wanted to get into that but i guess we can get into it now you know what happened to brandon fraser you know yeah. it had a lot of uh real a lot of it had to do with his bad decisions yeah um a, as far as choosing what movies wants to do monkey right. bone different things like that that <laughs> were just ah, man, i think that was like a 75 million dollar budget and it only made like 7 million uh, or something that, it was so bad but um anyways it, you know it had to do with that um but there was also some very serious um disturbing uh, not only allegations, but horrible things that ha- has happened to him. You know, he had uh, some, you know, whenever he got a divorce, he, you know, he had uh, some financial issues that, that still, uh, that stemmed from that. Um, he was paying and, you know, maybe to this day or whatever, but, you know, when he was paying, when he got divorced, he, you know, he's paying $75,000 a month,
2: divorce. which
1: equates out to $900,000 annually, basically a million bucks annually. He was playing for child support. That's insane. Well, we can get into that, but I I don't don't want to get into that. I think think that the whole divorce uh, and legal proceedings that come from divorce, um, they can be um, extremely unfair a lot of the times, um, not taking into account um, specific situations um, and all that kind of stuff. But he had that to deal with, and also he was... uh, he had claimed, at least allegedly, um, he had been sexually assaulted.
2: Oh, really? Uh, did
1: you hear about that? No. It was uh, some de- some president of some studio. I don't. I don't think it was a movie studio. Uh, it might have been like uh, it had to do with like the Golden Globes Academy or something like that. Um, the Golden Globes organization. Anyways, yeah. Some guy, some old dude or whatever. They were in a situation, and he grabbed. This is what Brendan Fraser said, uh, that he was grabbed in the butt, uh, and it made him feel awkward and stuff because what is he supposed to say? And what can he say when he, when it's this person in power type of thing, right? You know, same thing that's, you know, happening with some of the me too stuff, um, So this happened to him and it put him in, he spiraled into depression for, you know, just this one instance and everything because he had been assaulted, basically. And I, like I say, allegedly, because, you know, I don't think, I don't know if it's been proven in court. I don't know if it's been settled or whatever, but, um, so that's the type of stuff he had to deal with. And, and, and it just started going downhill from there. You know, he kind of started to make a resurgence with that journey to the center of the earth, um, yeah, he, but he, he became didn't even do kind the of second a, one. But he became kind of a leading man because of that. And yeah. then um, when the director of that left the movie, um, and it was because he had differences with the studio. You know, Brenda Frazier, he he decided to stick with the director, and left with him. Left with the director instead of sticking around, and so he was replaced with The Rock.
2: Yeah. So that was
1: a... He should have let the director go and, and kept doing it, uh, but then The Rocks ended up being more popular. Now, was that because it was a better movie or was it because it was just The Rock, and The Rock just has more uh, star power I now? like the
2: one one better with uh, Will Ferrell anyways.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, know that's I mean?
2: that's uh, I, I know it's Land a, of was, the Lost, I, I and I that was off of that old TV show, Land the Lost. I know, Land but, but the it, Lost. it was still... Uh, I thought it was... I mean, st- same basis, really, but, I mean, it still was a lot better, I thought. You yeah. Know? And uh, I just think I, I think the biggest thing for Brandon Fraser is, you know, again, yeah, a lot of personal stuff. And it just seems like Hollywood's so disgusting anyways, you know, it but really it, does. And, and I'm laughing at it, but I'm not really thinking it's funny. I'm just saying that how, you know, they, they're not set up like normal jobs. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's just a lot of politics in it. You know, there's a lot of, you know. It's your livelihood, you know? A lot of these people don't speak up because they don't want to have to lose their careers. They don't want to have to lose, you know, all their money and, and everything else, you know? But, I mean, I guess in a certain point, you know, you really do have to have people come forward or else it's just going to continue like a bad habit, you know? Yeah, it's always seemed that way to me, and I, I, I wanted no, <clears throat> no part of that. But, no. but you know, having with Brandon Fraser, I think a lot of his problem was, you know, probably picking some of these roles, you know? I mean, it was bad because... There's some roles that he probably should not have taken on and and you know, I mean, like like I said, the mummies one of you know, those, those movies are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love I it's <clears throat> One when it comes movies? to action movies, that's probably in my top ten. Yeah. I mean, at least the first one. It's one of those movies I literally can watch over and over and over again without getting ever tired of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just... It's not like... And you find I do. You know, it's just i watch good. it
1: one or two times a year yeah. still to this day. Yep.
2: I mean, the later on it gets, it gets a lot more ridiculous. You know, I mean, the part two, part three, part three really... You know, has nothing to do. I
1: with actually it. liked Part Two. I mean, I know it's got no. This part Two good. Terrible yeah. CGI. Yeah, of the Scorpion King with the rock in it. Oh, that's and so bad.
2: That was so yeah. bad.
1: So, but,
2: you know, for for Brandon Fraser. But if you notice, a lot of these characters kind of fell off. R- what right when we get into you know two thousands, you know what I mean? Like a lot of these characters really like. Especially, like, more Kelly. I mean, the, really, the last thing I can remember her doing is One Tree Hill. You know, I mean, I cannot really think of anything else she's yeah. done more recently. You know, Joe Pesci, the same way. Yeah, like, he did the Irishman. And then he did some of those, you know, gangster flicks afterwards. But really, you know, in 2000, he kind of fell off. And
1: Well, yeah, it was right around 90. I think it was It was just the fact that, you know, he had said before he, he'd, he'd never want to be a lead in a terrible movie, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he would just been doing it for so long and he had done such good movies. And then the last couple of movies he had gotten were just like the Gone Fishing, the yeah. Heads in a Duffel Bag. It was just, it just wasn't good for him. And, you know, from what I've read, he just got got tired of it, you know? Like, like not like frustrated or whatever. He just got, kind of got bored with acting. Like, yeah. like, like it was kind of like, I want to try some other stuff now, you yeah. know? And he loves to golf, so, you know, freed him up for much more, you know, yeah. golfing times and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's come back, like I said, for uh Uh, Robert De Niro's... Irishman. He's come back for Robert De Niro's movie in 2006. Uh, I forgot what that was called. And then he came back uh, again for The Irishman, for uh, Scorsese and everything. But um, but then, yeah, and then obviously, you know, Patrick Dempsey uh, had a lot of success after this. In 2000, yeah. He He probably had, had, out of all this cast, he probably had more success past the year 2000 than any other person on this cast, just with... Crazy Anatomy alone, right, 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 um, and uh, he, I, I still, yeah. I still maintain that he's the worst part of all the screen movies. He, that his cop character in the third screen movie, it was just terrible. It was, <laughs> it was awful the way he's just like, you know, uh, the only thing I know about trilogies is that in the third one, anything goes, and the way like the look that he gave, it was just like, oh my god, I don't yeah. like this guy. I don't think he looked good with. With Sydney, they didn't have chemistry, but they tried to force them together
2: at the end. I don't know. Well, you know, and, and with this movie, I thought he did a good job. You know, I mean, he he just played that character so well, and and the fact that you know, like, yes, they they did cook his chicken, you know, and that's for his radio show. But as you're saying, you know, I mean, his radio show is not really what his career is going to be at this point, you know. And it's kind of the the way he reacted was just so awesome. I mean, he he just transitioned from. You know, wanting to murder Joe Pesci's character to, you know, laughing and, uh, you know, saying something totally not even on the subject. You know? OK, or, so,
1: yeah. So they ate the chicken. Uh, I, I it, it, For some reason, it took me a minute. Was they no, I, I picked it up right away when Joe Pesci and right and, and and Brenda Frazier sat down to eat, and they had the big chicken in the meal, a big roasted chicken and everything. Yeah, and I thought it was like maybe turkey because it was Christmas, <laughs> well, I, right? I did too, I did and I was too. like, oh, it's a yeah, Christmas turkey because you know. And then uh, he had said that it was chicken. And then as soon as Joe Pesci said something like, "Oh, I'm good for for uh, I like to use what's available to me," that type of thing, I was Still like,
2: like "I was like, oh
1: shit, that's the chicken." I was like, "That's Gorky." Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then when he had to get home, he's like, "Yeah, we got some news about Gorky for you." And, uh, but uh, you know, right before he left for Christmas vacation, you know, he was just like, "I hate that chicken." You know, so he was happy <laughs> yeah, that it yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, mean, I thought that was one of those standout moments. This movie that was unique that you know that gave this movie some character.
2: It really did. And the, and his reaction Action, you know, Patrick Dempsey's uh, reaction afterwards was just classic because you just thought he was about to murder somebody, but yet yeah, he was just kind of like not even bringing it up. You know, <laughs> yeah, he just With, referenced something else completely. And, yeah, and then his, you know, Joe Pesci's role, you know, I, I thought Joe Pesci in this movie played that character very, very well. I mean, the way he acted, just kind of, you know, you you felt like, you know, yeah, he's that homeless guy. You know, he he's just that that happy-go-lucky homeless guy that's hiding all this pain underneath, you know, and, you know, it's very good, uh, you know, his development in this was just, was great, you know what I mean? It was like, I could actually see Rob Williams in that role in a way. Didn't yeah. you? Couldn't you see it? Like, it, it's something that Rob Williams were, would be able to do is just basically make everybody on set laugh with him at his character. Right. You know what I mean? And it, I just thought he did a really, really well job and, and, you know but again like i think we were talking about it but you know him sounding all of a sudden you know super smart uh when he's going against the 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 head of the government or the head of the um of what is it uh whatever that department was yeah governmental education department or whatever you know <laughs> governmental education yeah uh, but you know the head of that department you know he's having that lecture and he he just interrupts and comes out of nowhere with all this genius well, you know. it's it's like, yeah, I mean, this movie just
1: has those, That's you know, when I say we have the collection of moments that weren't, you know, like a fused together, well-written story, yeah. it, the, the, that's the type of stiff that I was talking about. Because, you know, when he's doing his happy-go-lucky funny shtick, yeah. the way he talks, you, you know, his little accent, they go, yeah. boy, yo, oh boy, yo, oh boy, that's beautiful, it's Monty, you <laughs> know, the, the way he's talking like that, you know what it reminded me? It reminded me of that Cliff guy, the alter ego personality of uh, Andy Kaufman on Man of the Moon that yeah. Jim Carrey did. Yeah, Jim Carrey did, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, obviously that, it was, that Andy Kaufman did as well. But, yeah. but I mean, it, it was that same kind of like, you know, where Clifton was his name, yeah. something Clifton. And he was like... Oh, where you, gonna... <makes noise> you know, the way he talked, is that's, a, that's a, it really reminded me of that. Now, I don't know if... I mean, obviously this movie came first, but Andy Kaufman came before this movie. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, it's the, the, the way he, he does that. It, but I mean, so you have that, but then you have these real moments where, you know, where he's talking to the guy.
0: You ask the question, sir, let me answer it. The genius of the constitution is that it can always be changed. The genius of the constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves faith in
1: the wisdom of the people is exactly what makes the Constitution incomplete and crude.
0: Crude? No, sir. Our founding parents were pompous middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were going to make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of Citizens, not royalty, a government of listeners, not lecturers, a government that could change, not stand still. The president isn't an elected king, no matter how many bombs he can drop, because the crude constitution doesn't trust him. He's a servant of the people. He's a bum. OK, Mr. Pitcannon? He's just a bum. And the only bliss that he's searching for is freedom, and justice.
1: Um, You have beautiful moments with the stones. I thought the stones was a a very unique idea because it's like, you know you have somebody who's lived on the streets they don't have a wallet with pictures they don't have possessions he has a bag of rocks and each rock reminds him and and you you know you've you've gone through stuff of you've had in boxes or your parents stuff or family Mm -hmm. member stuff where you you look at something you're like I haven't seen this in 20 years but it brings back that memory immediately
2: that's how I am with music and And that's yeah music a song will come on um I mean, not so much a smell, you know, smells are again, you know, with me, you know, stop smoking and everything else like that. I, I, my sense of taste is coming back and things like that. And sense of smells a lot better and you know, after I had COVID, it
1: all went away for me.
2: Well, for, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, different for me. Like, like I said, it's the sounds, you know, it's the, the, the Christmas music, certain, certain type of Christmas music. It brings back those memories and just like that rock thing. For him, you know, I think everybody's got something like that, you know, probably.
1: But I mean, I th- just thought it was cool, such a cool representation. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they brought it back later whenever he you know, went Brandon to go Fraser meet too. Remember? Well, yeah, there was that. Uh, yeah, uh, the very when, end. when they were uh, leaving the uh, college or the graduation ceremony was right? it when they were leaving graduation yeah. or after his funeral
2: um,
1: I guess no, the, no I guess it was graduating oh, stuff but either way you know he had passed on that tradition to to Brendan Fraser. Monty, but yeah. he when he went to go see his son and his son was like, you know, take a look, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, Simon's grandchild comes out. And it's like, yeah, who is yeah. that, dad? And he goes, oh, that's nobody. nobody He walks away. You see the pain. Yeah. And so he tries to smile, well, you know, because it's breaks. a kid, yeah. But his heart breaks because he sees what he could have had with his son, with his well, grandchild. I mean, and meets, now he's being referenced as nobody yeah. to family that he loves, that doesn't love him back. And he painfully gets out of the van, bends down, picks up a rock, feels it so he can remember it and puts it in his bag. Even though it's a painful, painful memory, it's still an experience that's more valuable to him than money. And he picks it up and he puts it in. So that's, that's one of those th- types of things where this movie is kind of weird sometimes because it's like, why is that in there? And then you're like, wow, that's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Well, like, and, and then what was, what was uh, that famous line that he said? It was, um, you know, the one thing he regretted. He said the one thing I regretted was. Uh, well,
1: he was said, "Yeah, like, I only have one regret in yeah. life," but then he didn't. He didn't really go into it. Um, so basically, uh, from 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 the premise of of Brendan Fraser doing favors to get his thesis back, basically um, uh, Simon, uh, who is Joe Pesci's character, moves in uh with monty and them um you know to get through the winter uh doesn't quite move in the house uh at first lets him sleep in the van for a few nights because this jeff character who i hate and shouldn't even be in this movie um you know he just would not have a heart right he wouldn't see this guy as a real guy didn't want the guy in the house or anything like that so he made him sleep out in the cold and eventually when everybody went on christmas break um uh, uh, Monty was like, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to bring him in because they had an old roommate that had left a while ago before they met uh, before they met Simon and stuff. So he, he really him...
2: hasn't come back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they let him take it. He let him take his road. To, uh, and um, when they came back, you know, they uh, the other two were happy about it. Jeff wasn't wasn't too happy right. about it. But. So, you know, they, they, they continued to do their shtick and, um, uh, you know, continues on from then. And basically it gets to a point where, you know, he does piss Simon off uh, because he hasn't seen him as a human. You know, he's like, you still don't see me as a human, do you? Yeah. And at the beginning, you know, whenever he, turned, whenever he turned Simon into the cops and got him kicked out of the library, um, after he bailed Simon out, and Simon grabbed those newspapers, he you know, and he was like, I had a place. He's like, but you, did, you didn't see me as a human what i thought was funny about that is because he gives monty crap for not seeing him as a man right he goes you didn't see me as a man uh you you saw me i was a piece of shit you know but simon did the same thing by withholding something that was obviously precious uh and valuable to monty so like instead of uh seeing monty come down saying look this is very valuable for me i need this to get through my college and stuff and for him to say oh okay well no problem you know do you got here's your thesis you got a couple bucks or whatever for some food or whatever he withheld that and played that game with him and you know so that wasn't treating him much like that that he was a man you know that, that the things that were important to him were important you know so I don't know. That's just something. No, that I no. I mean, of. I get that because I guess you could not make that connection, but that's the connection I made. No, I see that. I thought it was and, kind of hypocritical.
2: And 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 also too, you know, I mean, it was kind of referring to, you know, the 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 state of, you know, I felt like in a way it was talking about the government in the sense that you know, what they were trying to say is that the government will help you. The government will take care of you. The government will. You know, and and and, you know the the Constitution is pointless and all this other stuff. But then when you, you know, like like, Joe Pesci says, the Constitution is not pointless. You know, the Constitution is not old and and uh, pointless. You know what I mean? He says it has a point. You know, right. he said there's a genius to it. And they're talking about how it stops
1: the president from being a, a, a king dictator and a tyrant. Yeah,
2: and and, and you know. I just felt like your watch is talking to us. I know, us. I know, and it just kind of felt like he, you know, was saying same thing with, with the college. You know, him going to college and learning to, you know, get this big degree from Harvard. You know, and Joe Pesci was kind of looking at him like, no, the government is not there to, you know, the the, the school is not there to take care of you. The school is not there to, to, to. Um, you know baby you or anything else like that it's there to teach you you're supposed to learn but you're supposed to kind of make up your own mind you know what i mean where i feel like it's lacking a lot lately where it's you know these schools really want you to to believe the way they believe and believe in the things that they want to believe you know rather than just teaching you knowledge or trying to remove knowledge they don't like you know just teaching you straight up facts you know what i mean and and, and make your opinion from that you know what i mean it's yeah. everybody should have a different differing, differing uh, opinion when you go into school and you should leave school with still your own opinion you know you should not leave school with Somebody else's opinion or somebody else's way of t- telling you how to think. They they shouldn't be teaching you how to think. They should be just teaching you facts and history and knowledge, like we were talking about Starship Troopers. Yeah, episode. yeah, and, and and I kind of felt like like you know Joe Pesci, you know he he knew enough to be dangerous. You know what I mean? He really did. I mean that judge, he was just pretty much you know, basically getting everything he wanted out of it. You know what I mean? Saying it's public land or whatnot, you yeah. know, and that everybody was welcome, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. It was just kind of referencing, you know, how, you know, you got to really take care of yourself. You know, you got to really take care of who you are and what you believe in. And, you know, that's why Brandon Fraser's character near the end of the movie decides, I've got to rewrite my whole thesis, you know, on government. And and he, he was a lot more... Um, a lot more way of thinking that Joe Pesci was well you know because, I
1: mean? because the whole the whole time the whole point of the movie was you know I think it was <clears throat> um, Joe Pesci saw in Brendan Fraser the son that he had abandoned uh, or uh, you know someone close to the son that he abandoned you know <clears throat> someone that needed guidance you know based on his personal beliefs and I think Brandon Fraser saw you know in him you know eventually the uh, the wisdom that could be imparted from him to Brendan Fraser uh, and that, that, that he could have gotten in a father, you know, a father figure because Brendan Fraser's Monty, you know, his father left. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's all about getting Monty to think about uh, think of life a different way. You know, his life is all about his school and graduating with honors. And, and Courtney even says to him, it's not your life. He goes, this is my life. And she goes, it's not your life. This no. isn't your life. Getting school, getting getting a title after your 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 name on graduation day. Yeah, it helps with jobs. With, yeah. you know, if you have magna summa cum laude or whatever. But, um, you know, not that's not even your life. You know, it's not worth, you know, giving your parts of yourself up for yeah. it. And so that's why you know Joe Pesci is just getting him to, or the Simon characters getting to uh, him to think of a different uh, think of a different way because the way the thesis was going was in line with this professor. The professor liked where he was going with it, which yeah. means it was probably a pompous.
2: Well, m- well, remember what he said at first, he said, he said, you know, the, the professor, uh, likely probably approves a lot of these thesis, you know, statements. And, and so it probably none of these thesis are written without the professor pretty much knowing what's going to be, uh, shown to him on these paper. Um, but what Monty did was he switched it on him. And, and just like the guy said, he said, you're you're on track. I mean, he said it several times. You're on track, you know, to graduate with honors. You're on track to graduate with honors. Because he had read,
1: honors. like, the intro to the yeah, thesis.
2: and he really liked it. And he agreed wholeheartedly with it. But as you could tell at the end of the movie, you realize that the professor probably respected him more. The fact that he did—he had a totally opposite p- uh, position. And that he learned so much over a period of time that— You know, the professor showed him a lot more. It seemed like he showed him a lot more respect as a a scholar by saying, you know, I I don't agree with it. And this is not how what I believe in. But I, I agree that you, you know, may had your own belief and your own opinion about something that you didn't need my approval to make it great. And you that know?
1: kinda almost shows me that the professor might have changed the way exactly. because earlier he seems like a, you know, uh, wouldn't budge on, on his beliefs yeah. type of type of person and everything. And seems like somebody that would purposely give somebody bad marks because they're they're um they don't thesis agree with this as nonsensical. Yeah. Or in his words, yeah. it'd be nonsensical. Yeah. Where it was really, they just don't believe him. Maybe that that, that little um, butt chewing he got from Simon and the, yeah. the lecturing and stuff that he got. He from literally
2: him. had no retort, and in fact, the whole classroom was clapping. So yeah. you know, in a kind of way that maybe that professor was wrong. Maybe he realized it,
1: and maybe he at least realized like, look, I'm not wrong, but. Um, you know maybe it's it's okay to let people have their own opinions or what yeah. or, or 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 whatever maybe i don't know everything
2: well like and you could tell that he really wanted to give him with honors you know but that he because he was he was his thesis uh director or whatever mm-hmm. you know he, he was in charge of you know molding his thesis or helping him mold his thesis and and you could tell he really wanted to give it to him because it was that good But at the same time, you know, like, you know, Brandon Fraser's character did not care except for do you remember seeing when he stood up by himself uh, and he said, uh, you know, so and so Monty, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for you know what? What do you say, political science or whatever? And then he just kind of stood up. You see his face. I mean, look, so defeated there. Well, you know, well when, when when the teacher shut him down and everything. Well, no, no. When when it wasn't announced, uh, magna cum laude. Oh yeah, yeah, After his name, he just looked kind so of destroyed. He, he, he
1: looked. He looked like it was a regret that he didn't have that, but it didn't look like you would have thought it would from the Monty that we see at the beginning of the movie. So I think he did, you know, he he did learn that, you know, it wasn't all about just getting that honors, um, you know, rider on it or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more about the experience. But yeah, I feel like he did have, you know, a little bit of him was probably like, you know, man, I I really wish I could have gotten that, but it wasn't affecting him as much as it would But
2: it changed him, you know, I mean, his experience over the past, it seemed what, like six months? Maybe six month yeah, time, like a semester like the, or something. The
1: snow had melted.
2: Yeah, but you know, over a six month period to a year period or whatever, it just seemed like he, you know, he changed so much as a as a person, you know, and realized that there's other people in the world besides himself, you know, and and that this girl has been you know pining over him as much as she he's apparently been pining over her because he even says something to Joe Pesci's character about it
1: yeah they, they were know. both in uh, in in love with each other yeah but just didn't say anything did you know the snow
2: wasn't it's, real it was fake I, I read yeah, that yeah like, like that.
1: The, when they got there they had like six feet of snow
2: but already for, for
1: continuation <laughs> like and to be able to work in it and all this yeah. kind of stuff they had to clear away all the new stuff or the real snow and put in fake snow
2: the didn't snow they do that in like Home Alone too I heard they did something like that in Home Alone yeah yeah so like or maybe all it was the just whole, a bad I'm,
1: storm in home alone yeah, I'm pretty sure like all the home alone like exterior shots and stuff were all fake but yeah. um, so, so
2: I, I I got his obituary go real quick it's it was read right at the end of the film and um, it, it basically he said uh, you know this is Brandon Frazier reading this Monty's character and he said uh, Simon B. Wilder bit it on a Wednesday. he saw the world out of a porthole of a leaky freighter. Was a collector of memories and interrupted a lecture at Harvard. In 50 years on Earth, he did only one thing he regretted. He has survived by his family. And, um, you know, and, and then he goes on to comment on, on the different characters, you know, around him and everything else like that. You know? uh-huh. But it just the, the fact that they said he he did only one thing he regretted.
1: And I think that was, you know, just, that's all you need to know. Because of the conversation you had with Monty, that the one thing he regretted was
2: abandoning his family. Yeah, and 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 I kind of think I know it says I know it says he is survived by his family. That's what you put in all our obituary. right? Right, but. Is you know, it's almost like that's the one thing he regretted. He survived by his family. Yeah, the fact Nothing that he says happened. he only did
1: one thing he regretted, and you're like, okay, what is that? And you're waiting for it, but then it doesn't come. And then he says you're survived by your family.
2: Which, in a sense, if you think about it that way, you know, that's kind of like his regret. You know, because he survived by his son and his grandchild, who he never really got to know, or they knew him, or just the fact you know, that, survived that whole by
1: survived by his family came right after. Right, right. The whole.
2: And it's yeah, written, and it written by it. the director. The director wrote this out. You well, know, no. And, Simon actually wrote it Okay. Well the story. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? And the way he used that line where he said he survived at like immediately after, you know, the one thing he regretted. It's, it's yeah, he starts saying good things about, you know, the, the four other people that he lived with. But in a way, it's kind of like also saying that's the one thing he regrets, right. you know, in, in a way. So...
1: So, my favorite thing about this movie is Maura Kelly as Courtney. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think she was the best part about this movie. And that includes Joe Pesci. Um, I think Joe Pesci, his character, was held back a little bit by the um, the kind of back and forth bouncing he was doing between his serious shtick, his funny shtick, and his uh, sick shtick. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think they were trying to make it like a, you know, uh, uh, some kind of a Forrest Gump or or like a, a Dead Poet Society type of movie where, you know, it was very profound in what it was saying or doing. Um, but it just wasn't that profound. It's a really good, enjoyable movie. I like the characters and I like the actors in it. But, you know, it's not a... I, I, if it didn't win, if it never, I mean, obviously it didn't win any Oscars or anything like that, but, you know, if, if I knew, you know, if I was as old as I am now back then, I would have said, yeah, that, that doesn't deserve any Oscars, but it's a, it's, it's still a good movie for what it does. And it, it does have some good advice in it, uh, uh, here and there, as far as, you know, the, the advice one that he had for, you know, all the students based on, uh, um, uh the constitution and and what power the president has and all that kind of stuff but i mean also the things that he was telling monty it's like you know and the things that uh, courtney were telling monty about this isn't your life and stuff so you know it has those themes and everything but i really like the actors that are in it that that are playing the characters and um moira kelly's courtney in it um She's, there's something about her that's just so magnetic in this movie. And I think that, that that's one of the main reasons I liked this when I was younger is because she's just so gorgeous, so beautiful um, and so unique. The way that she talks, the way that she acts, you know, you know, nowadays you have a lot more, uh, I guess, um, equal roles when it comes to men and women. Um, and what they're doing, in you know, you know, as far as you know, you'll have a lot more women action stars that are saving men and different things like that in movies nowadays. But back then, it was kind of always like, you know, the men doing those um, outlandish, going out there things to show their love or whatever it may be. Um, you know, she she had even said to him, uh, she she told him that he was perfect. And, you know, usually you hear, you know, in these rom-coms or whatever, you know, you hear the men telling the woman that, oh, you're perfect and everything. But the fact that she was like, you know, you're, you know, telling Monty that he was perfect and all this kind of stuff. um, It was just kind of an interesting turn on its head, I think. Uh, But her attitudes towards everything, even the way she talks, Moira Kelly, the way she talks is just so unique. Well, I think
2: she she has a serious problem, though, too, uh, of kind of playing... A lot of the same character you know it, it just to different degrees she you know, plays kind of, a strong kind of like woman she did does too you know but I, I i liked to be honest with you i'd probably have to say my favorite part of the movie really was joe pesci's sad sad clown you know what i mean sad and, and, clown. And no i mean that's 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 i think that's a term in in acting i mean set the sad clown type of acting you know where it's it's, you know, you're funny on the outside, but you're crying on the inside. Well, I know thing. you have
1: like the uh, the what do they call them? The the theater faces. faces yeah, you yeah. get the the happy of this. Uh, I can't remember what it's called.
2: Yeah. But but, you know, having Joe Pesci where he was just, you know, ridiculous, you know, he tried to make everybody laugh around him. You know, yeah, he was a little bit pompous at times thinking he knew more than and better than everyone else. But, you know, at also times just, you know, he, he just played that that sad clown so well I thought
1: yeah this is uh, the, the the mask that we we're thinking of uh, the sad clown or whatever is from Dionysus you know the masks that they yeah. have there where it's you know a comedy or a tragedy or, yeah. or, or whatever it means um, I don't know this movie is one of those that like I said it's, it's uh, it, it was a lot uh, in my head it was better than it was actually you know what I mean I don't. I don't want to say it was worse because it. It just was less than I than I remember it being, and maybe that's because we've seen so many other movies that have done what this is trying to do, but better. Um, and so I'm used to a little bit more substance. Where in this movie, everybody felt a little disconnected, except for Monty and Simon. But even then. You know, they 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 bonded, but not as much as you would think that they would based on trailers and everything. Which reminds me, <laughs> one of the big parts about this movie was uh, the soundtrack to the movie and the hype, you know, leading up to it and everything. And you had, you know... Classic like, Madonna. Yeah, you had Madonna, who the director worked with Madonna on uh, on a video with her. Um, but she did, uh, I'll remember...
2: Which it's actually billed as the song from with honors it's not it's not something that madonna
1: yeah it's called i'll remember and in parentheses it says uh music from the motion picture or with honor yeah. or something like that um so i it think was, she,
2: it was written for this movie
1: yeah i think later on she did put it on one of her albums right. or whatever but right. it, it did come for for this movie and everything and you know with the lyrics it makes a lot of sense but it was such a huge song back in there it was uh, iconic back, back, back in the day, day old, yeah you know? It's, and it's a really good song and it made me think of different parts in the trailer all the time and different parts of the movie um, but it, you know this is one of those movies that you, you want to come back to and enjoy as much as you, you did as a child I found that I had less enjoyment as I than I did as a child did you find you enjoyed it just as much I less did. more
2: no I, I think I felt I enjoyed it as much because again you know this is one of my favorite movies I mean it's just, all in all because you know I, I just loved it. It's it's one. It's a feel good movie. You know what I mean. I feel like movies, in a way, have to be, you know, emotions. You know, they have to drive emotions, and that's the only way that a movie can be good. In my again, this is my opinion purely, but you know, for a movie to be good, it's got to be able to drive your emotions. And and what I mean by that is if whether it's a comedy, action, drama, um, whatever, you know, it's got to drive the emotions. You know, to make you want more you know what i mean and 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 especially when the story comes true you know like in your head you know what i mean like you have it you have in your head when you first watch a movie how you feel like this movie should end and if it doesn't end that way then you're you're pretty upset about it but i feel like this movie ended in a way that you know i had imagined it ended and i like movies like that yeah and what we like to do every once in a while is look at rotten tomatoes
1: we don't put <laughs> a lot of credence in, in these aggregate sites with... with or we don't we don't put a lot of um, faith in it um, because it's so skewed with...
2: Them deleting comments. Yeah, and, sometimes, and, man, I
1: hate movie reviewers sometimes. Yeah. I just hate them sometimes because they analyze it in such a cold way and I don't think that's yeah. how we're supposed to experience art or well, the, I of mean, art. It
2: goes back into what I was just saying, how, how movies have to drive emotions and you can't be emotionless when you're watching a movie because... That's what makes movies great, you know what I mean. That's what makes you remember those movies and want, want to experience it more and, and again and again and again, you know. But I mean, if if you look at it a cold way, you're, I mean, yeah, maybe that is your job, you know, and that's how you pay the bills and everything. But mind you, you know, it, it's it's just not a good way to enjoy a movie. I feel.
1: Yeah, and, and when we look at with honors on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got seventeen percent from critics, but the audience gives it seventy three percent. Yeah which Those is are good numbers. huge on Those are Rotten good Tomatoes, 73%. I
2: don't take any uh, these critics. Most times I laugh at them because it's like how, you know, you're getting paid for your opinion. You're not getting paid for facts. You know, you're, you're, you're really getting paid for your opinion. You know, I could state facts all day on these movies. It doesn't make the movie any better or worse. And, and I get it. I mean, they have to look at it from a
1: critical, critical standpoint as far as critiquing a movie. Um, but those critics are more for Hollywood. Yeah. It's for other directors, it's yeah. for the director of this film. What did I do technically wrong? What did the writer do yeah. technically wrong? What yeah. were the visuals like? What was the editing like? What what made this right. terrible? Um, and so I feel like that's you know that's why it's so cool. I feel like that those are for more Hollywood the the studios to then say okay let's take this information and figure out who we're going to hire and who we're not going to hire. But I feel then the audience score is more representative of, of of how you know all that aside how you can enjoy a movie even if it's not have if it if it doesn't have all the technical stuff with it because the 17 percent that it got from critics that's that's an average of 24 reviews. Yeah. The 73% that's a average of 21,000 reviews. I'm going to trust that one more uh, yeah. than I'm going to trust the one with 24 of people who are doing a certain uh, writing, a and they even write a certain way to keep their job to sound professional and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, I don't know, well, it's that's just why, a very you know, cold. We're, time. we're
2: not critics, you know, I mean, we're. we're, we're we're podcasters, you know, and, and there's a difference. We're conversationalists. You know, yes. Yes. I mean, we're, this is our opinion. We have never, ever, ever said, you know, this is the facts. This is the fact. This is the fact, you know, I mean, th- no, this we're, is our opinion. We're this completely aware we that we like movies that people yes. don't like. And, and, and we hate movies that people love, you know, or right. people think that we should make important, you know, but you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, granted, I'm not a, uh, a critic by any means, but doesn't mean I have to agree with any of the critics either. Yeah. So. Uh, can we
1: talk about real quick, uh, uh, Brendan Frazier's appearance on scrubs and how it was one of the most emotional oh, and best runs on scrubs. Cause I think he did three episodes in total. He did uh, one where he was there and then he came back and did a two part, uh, cause his cancer had come
2: back. And then they played the uh, Winter by, what's his name? Well, when when, when Zach Braff says, who are you talking to, that just kind of, I was like, oh.
1: Yeah, and, and right when you see he's got the suit on, and then and, and then like, as he looks, to? Brendan Fraser disappears. You're like, yeah. oh crap! But yeah, that has that Joshua Radden song, Winter. It's one of the best moments of Scrubs. It is. It really is, and uh, one of the most.
2: It goes through my head. Like, I, can, I can literally have that go through my head right now. Like I, I remember it almost word for word. But it was just such an amazing scene. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: He did a really good job in that, playing his his little funny shtick that he was doing and everything. And uh, yeah. You play some the good drama, drama roles, but um, yeah, if you guys get a chance to, to, to watch this, definitely give it a watch. Uh, don't go out of your way to watch it, but um, <laughs> it's it's a it's 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 good for what it is, and you get to see some good. Uh, uh, acting from Joe Pesci um, and we just don't get enough of that anymore uh, with him not acting so um, this is one of those roles where um, you should definitely give it a watch if you want to get a sense of what the 90s were like because this is all I mean this is all 90s haircuts 90s you know verbiage and and you know and thinking you know everything was all about Harvard and, and schools like that making movies and stuff but Anyways, um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us at all the podcasting places. We're on all social media uh, as uh, at the Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at the Post Credits. Uh, we have a website, www.postcredit, uh, thepostcreditpodcast.com. We're also on YouTube. Uh, reach out. Uh, let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. Uh, any movies from the '90s? Let us know what your favorite movies from the '90s are, um, as we're trying to work our way through our favorites from the '90s, um, and uh, maybe maybe we'll hit that up. Maybe we'll we'll do an episode on on your favorite if you know, especially if we already have it on on the go, and we'll mention you in it. So, uh, let us know. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.
2: And throw me a bone.